So Jesus tells us in our gospel reading today that when we fast, we should anoint our heads and wash our faces. So, of course, we begin Lent by smearing dirt on our foreheads, right? <laughs> what gives? Are we ignoring what Jesus says here? Are we disobeying his command? Um, it, there's a seeming contradiction here, but to understand this seeming contradiction, we have to have a correct understanding of what we mean by penance and what the purpose of penance is. When we think of penance, we, uh, or in the related word, repentance, we usually think of, um, you know, uh, an oversimplification of what these things are. We think of repentance simply as feeling sorry for our sins, feeling guilty. And we think of penance as something that we do as punishment for our sins. And that understanding isn't entirely wrong, but it's also not entirely right. It's incomplete. There's an important piece that's missing. The word repent comes from a Greek word metanoia. In the scriptures, it's metanoia, which literally means to turn around, to change your mind, to have a change of mind. So to repent is to reconsider something. It's to turn away from one thing and to turn towards another. So in this case, when we're talking about repenting from sin, what we mean is that we're turning away from our sin so that we can turn back toward God. And a lot of times that does involve feelings of sorrow, right? We're rightly sorry for our sins. Sorrow and guilt are good feelings in as much as they motivate us to repentance. But the repentance is not just the feeling, right? The repentance is that turning of heart. And it involves not just changing our minds, but sometimes changing our lives, right? It involves a conversion. And that's why penance is also necessary. Penance is a necessary aspect of repentance. It's not just punishment for our sins. If that's all that penance was, then it would be fair of us to ask, why do I have to do any penance at all? Didn't Jesus suffer the punishment for our sins on the cross? Right? Yes. Yes, he did. But that's not all penance is. Penance is not just about the punishment for our sins. Penance is meant to be something that helps us to repent, that helps reorient us towards God. And as Christians, we're all called to do penance throughout our lives, just in a general way, right? Because we always, every day, have to reorient ourselves toward God and away from all the things in this world that might draw us away from God. And some of these penances are things that we choose for ourselves, right? Devotional practices that we take on to help us stay true in our relationship to God. And some of these penances are things that just happen to us, right? Um, apart from, from our will. None of us can escape suffering in our lives. Uh, we all have things that cause us to suffer that we don't want, right? That we have to endure. But we can choose how we receive those things. We can, um, we can receive them just as suffering and, and be miserable because of them. Or we can receive them as an opportunity for penance, to participate in the suffering that Christ endured for us, either for ourselves and our own spiritual good or on behalf of others. We can do penance on behalf of other people. 
And we should do penance on behalf of other people, right? Not just for our own conversion, but for other people's uh, spiritual well-being. And that's why there are certain times during the year that the church calls upon us to perform communal penance, where all of us, as a united body of Christ, perform penance together. And those times are every Friday during the year, not just Fridays during Lent, right? But every Friday during the year, just like every Sunday is a little Easter when we celebrate the resurrection, every Friday should be a little Good Friday where we perform some penance. And the other time of the year is the season of Lent. We're entering into a penitential season today. And the ways that the church asks us to perform penance during these times are by fasting or self-denial, but also by prayer and by almsgiving or charitable works, works of, of, of charity, works of mercy. And if we think about penance only as punishment, if that's how we understand penance, we might have to scratch our head a little bit, right? Is the church saying that prayer is punishment? Is the church saying that helping the needy is punishment? Like, aren't those things that we are supposed to be doing all the time in our Christian lives, right? Yes, yes they are. And and that's why they are good penances, because these are things that help us to reorient ourselves towards God as we do them. Right? And that's what penance is all about, is that reorienting of ourselves towards God. So prayer, fasting, almsgiving. These are the three traditional Lenten penitential practices. And Jesus talks about all three of those in today's gospel reading. And he cautions us that there's a right way and a wrong way to approach them. So when it comes to alms, to, to doing those charitable works, he says, Do not blow a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, to win the praise of others. Right? In other words, don't brag about what you're doing. Don't go around saying, look at me and this big check that I just wrote to this charity. Right? Or look at all the great volunteer work that I'm doing this semester. Aren't I wonderful because I volunteer and I help the poor? Right? Um, Jesus calls people that do this hypocrites. Right? And it's not because the charity that they're doing is bad. The charity that they're doing may be very good but they're doing it for the wrong reason. They're doing it to win the praise of others. They don't so much want to be good as they want to be seen as being good in other people's eyes. It's all about appearances rather than about true conversion of heart. So Jesus tells us that when we give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing so that your almsgiving may be secret and your father who sees in secret will repay you. And when it comes to prayer, Jesus tells us something similar. He says, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on street corners so that others may see them. Now, is it wrong to pray in synagogues or on street corners? No, right? We're supposed to pray um, all the time, any place we are. There's never a bad time or a bad place to pray. What's wrong and what makes these people hypocrites is their motivation for prayer. Again, they're praying just so other people might see them. It's not about being holy, but it's about appearing to be holy in the eyes of others. So Jesus tells us, when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will repay you. Now, do we have to take Jesus' words literally here and keep all your prayer secret? 
and keep all your good works secret and never talk to anybody or tell anybody that you're praying or doing these things, right? No, we don't have to take him super literally like this. You can talk about your prayer and you can talk about the charitable works that you're doing. In fact, it might be helpful to other people as a good example and it might encourage them in their own spiritual life. What Jesus is telling us is don't brag about it. Don't brag about our prayer and our, our charitable works, right? Because that's prideful. That leads to pride. And pride is a very dangerous sin because that's the sin that tries to convince us that we don't need to repent because we're already good enough. We don't need God's mercy. That's why pride is so dangerous because it's that sin that says you don't have to repent. You're already good enough. And that pride can take a lot of different forms. And that brings us to the final form of penance that Jesus talks about, which is fasting, right? Chiefly fasting from food, but also other forms of self-denial that we might undertake. Jesus says, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Right? They wouldn't wash their face. They wouldn't comb their hair. They'd go around with sad faces and they'd moan and they'd wail and just let it, make sure everyone knew how miserable they were. Why? So that everybody would know that they're doing penance and feel sorry for them. Right? Oh, look how miserable that person is. They must be doing some real serious penance. They must be doing some real serious penance, right? That's another form of pride, right? Whereas those who, who brag about their prayer might go around saying, look how pious I am, look at all my prayer, right? And those who give alms might go about saying, well, look how charitable I am, look how giving I am. Those who fast in this manner, they go about saying, look how penitential I am, look how much I'm repenting, Right? That's not humility. That's just another form of pride because it still says, look at me, look at me, look at me. It's all about appearances and how we um, appear to the eyes of others. And we can do the same thing when we fast, if we complain all day about fasting, right? How many of you guys are hungry because you didn't have breakfast and you haven't had lunch, right? If we go around saying, oh, I haven't had anything to eat all day, I'm so hungry, right? Or when we use our hunger as an excuse to be grumpy towards others, right? When we let ourselves get hangry and start snapping at people, right? Because we haven't had anything to eat, right? That's a form of pride because it just draws attention to ourselves and how, how bad we have it, right? Because we're fasting or, or whatever we're doing. So Jesus tells us, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you may not appear to be fasting except to your Father who is hidden. And your father who sees what is hidden will repay you. In other words, when you fast, don't be grumpy. Be cheerful. Be kind. Accept those hunger pains, right? And those, that grumbling in your belly without complaint. Endure your suffering quietly and joyfully and accept it as a share in Christ's suffering. And be gracious to other people. This is what Jesus wants us to do. This is the fast that he wants us to make. So, what about the ashes on our forehead, right? It's not there to be a mark of pride. It's not there to show off to anybody how pious we are or how penitential we're being, right? Or how holy we are. The ashes are a sign of our mortality. They're a sign that we are going to die. It's a reminder of our death, right? When we impose ashes, there are two prayers that we have the option of saying. 
The first is, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Humility comes from that Latin word humus, which means dirt or earth. And we receive these ashes on our foreheads as a reminder that God made us from the earth. And that one day we will return to the earth. We are mortal. And on that day, we will have to give an account of our life before God. The second prayer that's given as an option when we impose ashes is repent and believe in the gospel. Right? The knowledge that we are mortal and we will die one day should lead us to repentance. It should uh, call us to turn away from anything that's keeping us away from God and to cling fast to that one thing that can save us from eternal death and lead us into everlasting life. And that's the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's why we wear ashes. Not as a sign of our piety, certainly not as a sign of our pride, but as a sign of humility and our mortality. We wear them as a call to repentance, both for ourselves and to others, right? And so that's why it's fitting for us to to begin this season of communal penance with ashes, So when people see you today and they want to know why you've got that dirt on your forehead, right? Don't just say, oh, it's because I'm Catholic and it's just one of those weird things that we Catholics do, you know, at the beginning of Lent. No, say, this is a reminder of my mortality. It's a reminder of what I am, right? And it's a reminder that I need repentance and I need the mercy of God.